Well, last week I was talking about a vision for the future and specifically about your personal vision. Where is God leading you? Is your vision for your life really connected with God's vision for your personal life? Are they ever? Are they joined like the vine and the branches? Is God giving your life meaning and hope? Because we know that God gives us a future, that he has plans for each and every one of us, that he will prosper us, that God is giving us a vision for our life, that personal vision. We need to make sure that that vision is in step and our own vision is in step with God's vision for the world and for us. But that's so true when we start to think about our vision for the church. Where is our church heading in the future? And it's interesting because if you start to look up some of the information, some of the writings around visions for churches or the church mission, we need to come back to one piece of scripture that is going to help us understand all of this. And it's, you could almost call it the imperative of the church. And I'm going to put it up on the screen for you in just a slightly different manner, so just, just bear with me. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. So this is the imperative. This is the, the mission of the church to go and make disciples of all nations to everybody, to baptise them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And God is going to be with you in all of this. So as a church, we've taken that and we've gone, how does it fit within ourselves? Now you may remember that we have four words to help us describe who and what we are. And our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. And we do this with four different words that help us understand that. Bigger, to specifically go out and tell the good news of Jesus Christ. This is a call to evangelism. This is a call to go out and spread the good news of Jesus Christ to all the world. Deeper, is to take that faith and grow the disciple within you. So in other words, to get you from a point of accepting Christ to actually walking with Christ and being one with Christ, to actually really become that fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. That's going deeper in your faith. 
And if you didn't pick it up, we're, we're doing this practical things with the 12 spiritual disciplines. That is there in, in, in purpose to help you grow deeper in your faith, to take that in one practice session, doing one kind of spiritual discipline so that you can then apply it within the rest of your life. Higher. This is all about worship. We're created to worship God. We're created to, to, to actually celebrate and enjoy and come together as a group of people. We actually can, we can have quiet personal devotion and we can have devotion times as an individual where we might sing songs. But you really don't worship until you come together as the body of Christ, that is fellow believers like we are today. That is the point when we worship. We can do it in devotion, but true worship is when we join together and we join together in song and in prayer and in hearing God's message. It's about coming together in worship and being one. We realise also as a church that when we do this, we have different expressions, different ways of doing these things. And so we try and as a church, cater for all those different kinds of expressions, but to also develop a new expression which is truly us. And wider is the the expression of our church to to go out and into into the community to help those who are in need. It's to support those who need care, to be the caring arm of the church, of Christ's hand in action within the world. It's as simple as doing things such as child sponsorship or when it's coming up into the time in, in Christmas and we start thinking about Christmas gifts and all those kind of things and we've got gifts of compassion or you've got um, the uncommon gift from the Uniting Church, all those kind of things that instead of just spending on ourselves and the people that we know, we give to the poor. Because part of what we actually realise when we read Scripture and especially when we read Luke's Gospel, that God has a preference for the poor and will always look after and care, and we are to do that as well. So that's in a nutshell who and what we've been, and we've been talking about this for many years. I want to ask you this question. Were you ever asked, when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? Anybody ask that question? Yes. Anybody remember what they said in the first place? Yes. Do you, sorry? Yes. Sorry, what, what, what did Caleb want to be? Caleb, when he grew up, wanted to be a tiger. <laughs> okay. So, Caleb, have you managed to achieve that purpose yet? No. no. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> you know, you might, I want to be a tiger. Okay. You always come out of left field, Caleb. Always out of left field. Uh, There you go. There you go. (laughs) You could have been a Tiger football player. I hadn't thought of that. There you go. Well done. But see, when you remember your, your, your dream of what you wanted to be, do you remember whether that dream was fulfilled? Partially. Not quite. Kind of there, 
Did, did, for some of you, yes. Some of you, did it have to change? Did your dream turn into something else? And sometimes it turns into something else because, because you realise that you'll never achieve it. That you need to do something different. See, the difference between having a dream about what you might be when you grow up and a vision for the future is that the vision is the elusive thing that will dare to dream really big, dream about a future, but provide a practical way to get you there. It's a, it's a blueprint for the hope of our future. See, vision is what inventors have when they start to think outside of the box. They've gone, something doesn't work or not as good as it should be. I want to do X or Y to make it happen. They have a vision for something else and then they work to see that vision come to fruition. Vision, when you put it out to people, will always have critics. There will be people who will say, you can't do it. Or say, that is terrible. Or say, isn't it better just to stay the way we are? Now, there's some famous quotes, which I'm going to use some of them from, and you may have heard them before, of mis- or actually underestimating the power of what vi- where vision can take you. See, Thomas Watson, who was the chairperson of IBM, in 1943 said, I think there's a market for maybe five computers in the world. It's one of those things, you know, his, his, his idea was not very big. And the vision of other people said, no, we can make it smaller, we can make it faster, we can put them everywhere. Just sticking on the computer theme, Ken Oslon, the uh, president and founder of Digital Equipment Corporation said in 1977, when a few more computers had come out, that there is no reason why anyone would want a computer in their home. Isn't it amazing when you start to look back, see hindsight's amazing. When you look back and you go, well, wasn't that a dumb statement to make because We've got computers everywhere. We have computers in our phones. And talking, talking about phones, did you know uh, Western Union sent out a memo and said the telephone, it has too many shortcomings to be considered a serious means of communication. It's amazing. You know, we, we look back and we go, how could we make that statement when we've got mobile phones, we can walk around anywhere, we've got satellite phones that we can ring up, you know, in the middle of nowhere, connect to a satellite and talk to somebody on the other side of the world. And I could go on. You know, there was a record company that was famously known for, say, not signing up the Beatles, saying that their music wasn't very popular. Or the the head of the patent office in the US saying, I believe everything that was invented has been invented. 
He said that in 1999. So, we often provide shortcomings to our own self and restrict the vision of what can be. See, vision has a way of ignoring those who say it can't be done or it's never been done that way or, or we just don't need any more of this. Vision gets us to look forward. Are we here in New Beginnings Uniting Church at Cronulla and Bundina, are we passionate about our future? This is a question. At the moment, I think no. <laughs> because are we passionate about our future? Good, because that's actually so important to be passionate about our future. If we are just laissez-faire and sit back and go, well, what will happen will happen. We'll never get anywhere. When you have passion about the future, about the idea of where you want to be, that's when you're going to start to work to achieve it. We need to have a passion for our future. We need to have a passion with, with what God is doing through us in this church for the wider community, for us as individuals, for the ch church broader. You know... I've had the privilege, sometimes it's not always a privilege, but I've had the privilege of wandering around and seeing a number of churches in action and having to do some work with them around their future. And I have to say that a number of churches, and I'd actually say probably quite a number of churches, really don't have a clear vision of their future, really don't understand where they want to be going or what they want to do. Even worse, all they want is to make sure that the people who are coming keep coming to their church and that their Sunday service will continue running as it's always run. Is that a vision for the future? My answer is no. That is not a vision for the future. That is maintaining the status quo. That is like saying... We don't see a need for any more than five computers in the world. I'm going to want to maintain it as it is. I don't want to do the next thing. So what are some of the visions? What are some of the things that New Beginnings Uniting Church is going to start to try and achieve and reach for? With prayer, with effort, with energy, with time, with passion, with commitment. First is this, we're going to start, and we have been, it's not only are we going to start, but we have been over a number of years making adjustments, making changes so that we can become what's known as a regional church. Now Merla at the beginning of the service said we're a part of the Uniting Church and our governing body that looks after this region called the George's River Presbytery, the Presbytery is the grouping of churches. They have, they're starting to catch on fire for this notion of not having small little churches 
around the suburbs that have regionally influential churches where more than one congregation may come together or one may grow and have an influence that's larger than themselves. But they see that actually that is the future. That what has been the small little congregation will, con- will may continue but ultimately will cease to exist. That it will be a larger regional congregation that will provide a focus. And we, we, we as a church council, we as a church, we have been working towards this. It's partly why we, we fund the, the staff positions that we fund. It's the reason we behave in certain ways. It's to have, be a regional church is not just about the size. It's not just about staffing or anything like that. It's about a mindset. It says that we are bigger. We have more to offer than just the people who are sitting in the pews, comfortable seats, whatever it might be, right now. That the vision is bigger and we want to reach more people and it's not just about the five kilometres around us or two kilometres or one kilometre or the three people down the road. It is bigger than that. It says that we are willing to go and reach to the other side of Sydney if that happens to be what we need to do because that is where God is leading us. But our vision is not there. We don't need to go to the other side of Sydney just yet. Let's work and grow here. Let's start having the conversations with those other churches and continue. And I know that there are some churches out there who are at this point ready to have a conversation about what it means to join together and become a regional church. So that's one of the visions for the future, one of the things that we are striving and working towards. A vision is only just a dream unless you are willing to put the effort in to make it happen. And And really, when we start praying and working towards this notion, that's what we're going to start to achieve. Next is the expansion of the care services that are offered through our Cronulla Community Cafe. Now, our Cronulla Community Cafe is an amazing, and Merla is going to, after our service finishes in our our short little meeting, he's going to talk a bit about the Community Cafe. It is an amazing service. It is full of hope for the future, but it is also full of care But one of the things that we see a vision for is that it can do more than it currently does. It feeds, it provides social interaction, it provides some linkages with the services. But what happens if it had financial counselling that could be a part of it? What happens if it had the ability to connect individuals as they are right now with the services that they require to, to, to meet their current issue. To step it up beyond what currently we do. It requires energy, it requires effort, it may actually require some money and time. It might also be that we say, well, maybe we might need to expand it in time and operation. These are all questions, these are all part of our vision to say we can do more than what we currently do, to expand and grow 
that Cronulla community care. The next thing that I want to talk about is a reasonably new and vaguely innovative idea. But it's actually developed, and it's not about the minister going around and having cups of tea and coffee in people's homes, but it's about developing an in-home pastoral care for ageing people within the community. This is going beyond the bounds of our congregation and actually starting to see that there is a need within our community and our community is ageing, that they have times in their life where it is difficult to get out and meet other people. We're starting to have conversations, embryonic at the moment, with Uniting, about how this may happen. Whether there's a, a possibility of liaising with the hospital as older people who've had to end up in hospital can maybe have three, four, five, six phone calls from somebody from our service that we would, would put in place to make, just make, ring them up and make sure they're okay and just see how they are. Just connect with them and provide that care, that listening ear, that pastoral conversation. See, this is a vision of a church not just looking after itself but saying we can look after more. We can care for more people. You know, that's one of those sections that we talked about, wider. This is an expansion of what that means. But it's also an expansion of bigger because you get to have a conversation with somebody that may not believe or once believed and has walked away or fallen away. And you can bring them back into the love and care of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Praise the Lord. This is what we want to see. This is a vision for the future. This is bigger than what we are at the moment. But it will cause us to be stretched and move forward. What else might we be doing in the future? Now, we've been really up and down with our children's and youth ministry. It's really hard work. Caleb's nodding his head. Kids are here, youth are here, sometimes they're not, families move away, crisis in families, all these things happen. We have a huge number of families that we have, we've done baptisms with their children. How do we engage those families beyond the coming on that one Sunday and actually create a space where faith can be developed in those kids? a vision for moving beyond just what we do now and doing more. It links with the very first part of the vision stuff that we're talking about. Maybe one of the best things that we can do is to actually have youth and children's missional activities that are bigger and beyond us and do it with other churches. Now, if you want to have a chat with Caleb, Caleb was invited to be um, the church liaison pastor kind of person for Christian surfers in the area. And so he's doing that right now, out and beyond what we pay Caleb to do. And it's a fantastic passion. It's a great way of catching on fire those kids who don't go to church 
and interacting with a whole section of a community that doesn't come to Sunday worship as it is or doesn't go to a traditional youth group. It's actually looking and saying what we need to do is step it up and go beyond what we have. We have some good skills. We have some good resources. We've developed a way of being, the church, that is good for kids, but we need to step it up and, and, and work harder at actually making that ministry happen. But that is only going to happen when we've got time and people who are passionate to see it happen. We've got people who are passionate and willing to pray for that ministry to continue on. The next thing that we've been talking about, and by the way, in the conversations that we've been having about our our missional uses of, of sales of proceeds funds, these have all been conversations that we've been having. And within all this, everybody has been excited about making this happen. The next vision for our future of our church here is is to be a digitally connected worship service. But even more than that, digitally connected community of faith. What do I mean by that? How many people have visited our website lately? One, two, three, four, five, a few people, good. Because if you haven't noticed, we have actually updated the whole website. It's had a complete remake and redo, and we, believe it or not, we do this outside of the times that we're doing all our other stuff. Complete remake, and every week we're committed to bring a digital copy of the message that happens that week. Now, we're making a commitment that on Tuesday, at least by the end of Tuesday, that digital copy will be up on the web for everybody to be able to connect to. And we've got messages that I know that go not just to ourselves, but all around the world. So we've got people, and I know we've got people in in the Caribbean who've listened to our messages. Soon in Italy, which is even better. (laughs) Carmen doesn't always get to be with us all the time, but she's a part of our community, a part of our faith community, and she can be a part of that because of being digitally connected. You might miss a week. The message is there for you to come back to. Or it may have been so impactful. God was speaking to you and you want to hear it again. You want to hear what God was saying at that moment. Listen to it again. It works well. It's a great opportunity to do that. We're also looking at, and we have also started implementing and putting things into practice, of creating a connection between, and this is something we want to do in the future, ourselves here and Bandina. A digital connection. Now, there are a number of issues around that at the moment that we can't easily solve because um, if you've ever listened to the news, people are talking about NBN. There, there are issues around connectivity that we need to overcome, but we can do that. But creating a digital connection so our worship services can work together, that we can provide 
real-time message from here to Bundina. But the joy about that is then we can actually provide ongoing messages to other churches as we do this. It's a, it's a, it's a ministry in and of itself to be actually be able to have a good Christian message that the wider community can interact with. We've been working on making sure that our Facebook um, page and everything else is working and that messages are happening. We've revamped the database and we'll be going and making sure that that is all up to scratch. How many people here have a mobile phone? At least one or two. That's good to see. So we're also going to be, and we, we have been using this with the 1030 service, a messaging system. So that the message, so, so that when activities are happening or coming up, we let people know via SMS message, by text message. How many people think that would be valuable and handy? Because believe it or not, not everybody remembers what was said last week about what's coming up this week. So a little reminder is fantastic because it just reminds you, lets you know, and we can use this. It's actually, you've got to have a vision that the church can do more than just pen and paper. So it's actually having... I completely having that. The vision for the future that we will actually have everybody connected in small groups through life groups. Now, worship is great. Teaching messages from the front are great. But real discipleship and growth happens in a smaller group, in a smaller setting. If you want to grow deeper, join a group. Now, some of them will happen and continually roll over. Some will be shorter and more specific around topics or times. But what we want to see is that everybody is connected in this way with other people because pastoral care, connection and growth all happens through those smaller groups. It's a change, it's a vision for a different style, a different look, a different understanding of what the church is. It means that when, when you may be ill or sick, it's not required on somebody paid to come and make sure you're okay. Merla was talking about that the nature of what partial care is changing to be is that it is the church and everybody coming to do that. Wouldn't it be wonderful if this church was known as a place where if you didn't turn up one week, you were missed. And somebody from your small group, from the church, contacted you and said, are you okay? What a fantastic thing. That is pastoral care in action. But it happens because of connections through small groups. And finally, the last thing that I just want to share with you about a vision for the, for the future is, and this may be a little controversial, but how many people are enjoying being together? 
good, good, good. I'm, I'm loving to see all the hands up here. What happens if we did this every week? To actually really start to create and think about how we worship together. Because when you have more people in the one place, it has more life. And actually starting to grow and develop and we can be more expressive, we can try new things, we can do different things, we can bring older, more traditional stuff in and change it around and use all sorts of different ways. But exploring how we can be effective in our worship and coming together as a whole. But that requires our church to make that decision. Our church to say we're going to value that. We're going to value the, the notion that that traditional is important. We're going to value the notion that new, modern is important. And how do we bring that together? How do we make the changes? I read early this morning this little statement that was really important. Everybody seems to not like change. You know, we've heard that, haven't we? But see, it's not actually the change that people are resistant to. What people are resistant to is the fact that they may lose something. So it's all about focus when we start to think about what our vision for the future is. If we focus on what we once had and we keep our focus behind ourselves, what happens? We turn to salt, we stay still, we don't move, we slowly die. It's when we turn our vision to the possibilities, the future, where, where we can be going, that then becomes so exciting that we, be, we get excited about, we get passionate about. You know when I said, are you passionate about the future of our church? And we went, oh. when we are passionate, we are willing to go, yes, I might lose something, but I'm going to do this because we are looking to gain something. We're looking to go and be something new, something amazing, something different. One of the things that we've been doing as a ministry team, we realised that it was so important for us to start making further connections within the wider, wider church and actually start modelling the behaviour that we want to see and the connectedness that we want to see. So as, as, a, as a ministry agent, we've started the process of getting the, the ministers together from the Georges River Presbytery once a month just to meet for, for breakfast, just to have a time of fellowship and time just to get to know one another. And we held that, the first one, um, just this month. And you know what happened? Well, apart from cooking bacon and egg rolls and having a bit of uh, um, a coffee and fruit salad and stuff like that, so we kind of tried to you know, have, the, have the good and the bad food to get items together. So it's not just bacon and egg rolls or whatever. But, but you know what happened? The ministers that came along, they wanted to know what we were doing. They wanted to know how we did things. 
because they want to start implementing some of the changes that we have made. And they want to bring it back to their church. So we need to model, we need to actually do the ministry that we want to see in the future. And so we're going to make a commitment to continue to go ahead and model, reach out and do the new things. That is our commitment as ministers here and this is our commitment as the church. So if you are excited about this, I want you to put your hand up. I'm not going to make you just go... If you're excited about the future of your church, put your hand up. Amen. 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 Because I'm going to invite you, if you're excited, to come and do a symbol. Recommit yourself to actually make this future of New Beginnings Uniting Church a reality. One of the things, and we're talking about baptism, one of the things is, and I, I can bring out our baptism font that we're using at the moment, and we can move it around and, and do things. When, when we come to baptism, we talk about new life. We talk about dying to our old self and being raised to our new self in Christ. So I'm going to invite you to come and do a symbol from here for ourselves for our church of dying to our old self and being raised to new life in our new self as Christ. I'm going to invite you to come and place your finger in here and mark yourself with a cross. I know this may sound like a really old ancient Catholic tradition, but it's not. It is something that we're doing as a commitment for ourselves. So I invite you, and I'm going to get Caleb to just tinkle away, but if he wants to come and do this first, he can do that before he tinkles. Um, and just, see, he wants to do it. There you, go. there you go. He's going to play for us, and just in this moment, just so that we may have this little time when we can commit ourselves. Do that, pray. Ask for God to lead you and lead this church into new life, into a new beginning, into a new future. Let's do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So gracious Lord, we give you thanks for today. We give you thanks for the time, the energy, and the passion of these people. 
Lord, may you, you grow them deeply in your love. May you grow them deeply in your passion. May you spread the message of Jesus Christ through our hearts, through our hands, through our voice to all the world. We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.